This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 28, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court of New Hampshire today ruled that several people trying to shut down a popular scholarship tax credit school choice program lack the standing to challenge. Dick Comer of the Institute for Justice argued the case on behalf of families who benefit from the program. He evaluates the court's decision. This case is about a tax credit generated scholarship program in the state of New Hampshire where businesses could get 85% tax credits against donations made to scholarship granting organizations. And those scholarship granting organizations could give parents scholarships for three purposes. The first purpose was if they wanted to transfer to a public school in a district they didn't live in, to which they would have to pay tuition, and they could have gotten a scholarship towards that tuition. The second was for homeschooling expenses. Um, It was a smaller scholarship, but you could get a scholarship to, to educate your kids at home. The third thing was you could get a scholarship to go to any participating private school in New Hampshire, whether religious or secular. And it's that aspect of the program that the plaintiffs believed caused the whole program to be unconstitutional. Because parents might choose to send their kids to a religious school. Correct. Because they might send them to religious schools and religious schools in New Hampshire, as they do elsewhere in the United States and every other state, tend to be the majority of private schools. Who are the plaintiffs in this case? The plaintiffs were eight individual taxpayers, none of whom wanted to use the scholarship program, and one business that had no intention of contributing to a scholarship fund. All right, and this matters because uh, this case unsatisfyingly to all (laughs) all parties involved uh, you know, the, everybody's disappointed, seemingly, that this case was not decided on the merits, perhaps. Uh, but We'll take the win. Sure. So the case was decided these people do not have standing Correct. to make uh, to make that claim because no tangible injury or no constitutionally uh, viable injury was suffered. Correct. What's interesting is that... The reason this lawsuit was filed on January 3rd, 2013, is that on January 1st, 2013, a new statute went into effect amending the Declaratory Judgment Act under which this case was brought and purporting to overrule an earlier decision of the New Hampshire Supreme Court saying you had to have a personalized injury to bring a declaratory judgment action. So the legislature was overruling the New Hampshire Supreme Court. And in its decision today, the New Hampshire Supreme Court is saying back to the legislature, no dice. What you are asking us to do is issue individuals advisory opinions And the New Hampshire Constitution specifies the only advisory opinions we may give, and it's only us, it's not the trial court, the only advisory opinions we can give are to the governor, the state senate, or the state house of representatives. No one else. 
Now, the argument here uh, over this case harkens back to a case in Arizona uh, that dealt with a similar program. Can you detail the elements of that case? Sure. Um, In the Wynn case, there was a federal attack on a similar tax credit program in Arizona. That particular program was individual tax credits to individual taxpayers, but is otherwise the same as New Hampshire. Now, the reason New Hampshire doesn't have such a program, New Hampshire doesn't have a state income tax. They're one of eight or nine states that refuses to tax people's incomes. And so they do have all sorts of corporate and business taxes, and the tax credits in New Hampshire were against those. Now, in Arizona, we had already won the issue of the merits of whether the tax credit program in Arizona violated either the Establishment Clause or the State Religion Clauses, and we'd won on all of that. There was no standing question there. But the uh, opponents of the program then filed a Establishment Clause lawsuit in federal court uh, alleging a federal constitutional violation, which we and another group of interveners uh, got dismissed for a lack of standing on the part of the plaintiffs. The Ninth Circuit overruled that decision. We took it to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court, in this win case, said, no dice, these taxpayers have no standing because it's a tax credit program, it's not an appropriation. And because it's not an appropriation, it does not fit within the Flas v. Cohen exception. New Hampshire is like a lot of other states. It has a Blaine Amendment, which prevents certain direct appropriation of the state uh, for a private religious education. Correct. For this case to have been won by the plaintiffs, they had to win four discrete points. First, they had to win on standing, that they had the right to bring this lawsuit. Second, they had to win on the basis that this was, that the tax credit represented money raised by taxation, which is a term in their Blaine Amendment, which is Article 83 of Part 2 of their Constitution. And the third thing they'd have had to win on was that this is aid, an appropriation to the schools of a religious denomination as opposed to the parents, and fourth, that Article 83 shouldn't be invalidated on the basis that it was adopted for a religiously discriminatory purpose, which it was. It was adopted to discriminate against Catholic schools when it was adopted in 1877. So uh, Blaine Amendments prevent direct appropriations. uh, Correct. And their argument is that this is effectively the same thing because that money otherwise would have gone to the state. Correct. That's as to the money raised by taxation point. Do states draw a distinction typically between tax credits and tax deductions? Yes. Not so much when you're trying to do your budget accounting, but definitely yes in terms of is it an appropriation or is it a 
some form of tax uh, benefit. They definitely do because the tax benefits um, aren't taken directly out of the treasury and handed out by a state bureaucrat. For the purposes of a business trying making contributions, I'm thinking of the difference between a business making a contribution to a scholarship organization for which a parent may then choose to send their kids to a religious school and a tax deduction that uh, somebody could get for donating to an explicitly religious institution. Oh, I mean, in New Hampshire, before this lawsuit came up, every business in New Hampshire could take a deduction, a business tax deduction for donations to scholarship funds. But it was a donation, it was a deduction, which is premised on what the tax rate is. So it's much smaller than an 85% tax credit. But logically, it's no different in the sense that it provides the taxpayer an incentive to make that donation. So the, one of the plaintiffs in this case obviously disappointed that they did not have standing and also disappointed that the case was not then decided on its merits uh, suggests that in the future, other people could challenge this program. What would be their what would what what argument would they then have to make? Well, they would have to show that something about the program harmed them in a way that it didn't harm everybody else. They couldn't just say, "Oh, this is unconstitutional and it hurts me. It hurts my heart." The way these eight individuals said, um, they would have to show that they had a an actual personal interest that was somehow affected by the failure um, to, uh, of the program in some way uh, to provide them with equal benefits or whatever. Could a superintendent then argue, we have lost funding because of this program? I don't think so. I don't think so because um, superintendents lose funding when they lose students regardless of the reason. And that doesn't mean they get to sue a family that's moved out of state and taken their kids with them, or a family that is wealthy enough that feeling ill-served in the public schools has chosen to move their kids with their own money to private school, or a family that's decided, I hate what the public schools are teaching, I wanna homeschool my kids. They don't get to sue the state of New Hampshire for letting those kids have those choices because the U.S. Supreme Court has already held that the child's not the mere uh, creature of the state and that the, you have a right to educate your kids in private schools, in home schools, however you want to educate them provided you know the state's interest in a decent education is preserved. Dick Comer is an attorney at the Institute for Justice. Read more about educational freedom at our website, cato.org.